Welcome to the Valley Hoops Insider Podcast. At Valley Hoops Insider, we try to take a lighthearted but thorough look at both the Missouri Valley and Ohio Valley conferences. This is the Beat Writers Edition, where we talk to the guys that really know what's going on in the Valley and with their respective teams. The Beat Writers around these leagues have forgotten more than I will ever know, so I want you, our faithful readers and listeners, to learn from the experts. The Valley Hoops Insider Podcast, sponsored by in St. Louis by Rhymes Heating and Cooling, a spectacular and integrity-filled heating and cooling company. Give them a call at 314 314- 638-8181. Tell them you heard about them from Valley Hoops Insider. Up near Bradley in Illinois State is a great golf course, the Rail in Springfield, Illinois. It's a former LPGA stop. They have a buy one, get one package available to Valley Hoops Insider fans. And finally, by a dynamic West African outreach called the Wenpoide Project. They provide life-saving and other kinds of care for terminal and special needs children in one of the poorest country countries in the world. On today's show, we take a long look at the Valley's top two leading scorers, Valparaiso's Javon Freeman Liberty and Northern Iowa's A.J. Green. Those two faced off last night, and both, well, they put on a show. The game was won by UNI, but most people will remember the two stars of that game more than the game itself. Joining us today are the beat writers from those two teams. Paul Oren is the Valpo beat writer for the Northwest Indiana Times, and Nick Pateras follows the Panthers for the Waterloo Cedar Falls these are elite, transformative kind of players, and they're just sophomores. Uh, I want to take us to last night now. We've got the big showdown between the two best players in the league, the two greatest sophomores in the league. And, and Paul, you said, man, I don't want to compare him to an NBA guy, but uh, we remember Fred Van Vliet winning the Player of the Year, the Larry Bird Award, uh, when he was a sophomore uh, in the Missouri Valley as well. And and so these guys are right there. I mean, they're in that kind of conversation and category. Uh, Paul, last night when the you're going into this game, meaning the, the, the Valparaiso Crusaders are going into this game, do you think Javon Freeman Liberty is thinking about this game like, hey, they've got A.J. Green? It's, you know, it's a showdown between us. You know, that's an interesting question because I, I wanted to look back to see what, you know, uh, clearly last year, everyone was talking about A.J. Green coming in, right? I mean, when, when Valpo first got in the Valley two years ago, I was struck by how good Pittsburgh and Fife were as freshmen, and everyone told me, just wait, they've got the best freshman coming in next year, A.J. Green. And, you know, A.J. Green, two years ago, was a wide receiver for the Bengals. Now he's <laughs> a now he's a player. He's, he's made his own name, right? And so... I went back and I said, well, Valpo had a pretty good freshman last year, too. Let's let's see the numbers. And I saw in the first game that Valpo played at home against against Northern Iowa that Valpo won, Freeman only scored two points. And then at Northern Iowa, when Valpo lost uh, by, I think, nine or ten, he he scored 11. And so I wondered if maybe there was some, some hype there that got in the way a little bit. And, uh, and, and so I was kind of interested to see would, and, and also knowing, and I think the listeners should know that Harry, you're, you're a smart guy. You set up this podcast like five days ago. <laughs> so it's not like, it's not like you called us this morning and said, Hey, these guys played a great, you knew this was coming. Sure it was. So kudos to you. And, and I was, I was interested to see if, because, you know, sometimes the storyline comes up and, and you wonder, okay, is it going to live up to the hype? 
And not only did it live up to the hype, I think this probably uh, it exceeded a lot of our expectations. And Nick, the folks in, in uh, at Northern Iowa at Cedar Falls, was there a, an, a, an unusual buzz about the game last night or was just another night in the Valley for the, the Panther fans? I think it was just another night in the Valley. I think uh, a lot of people were eager to see this team at home after they had that impressive 23-point uh, road win at Missouri State. Uh, the, the buzz is just really how this team's playing, 15-2 and two at this point in the season. Uh, very much in the picture to be able to get in that large bid into the NCAA tournament. And uh, now they're 10-0 uh, and 0 on their home court. So I think, uh, you know, you just have a lot of buzz with how well this UNI team's playing. But then you you, you add on to that uh, a matchup of the top two sophomores in the Missouri Valley Conference, and it, and it was a tremendous game. Uh, Javon Freeman-Liberty, some of the plays he made, uh, he, he was being double-teamed twice, I remember him hitting contested shots into a double-team, and, and he made it look easy. Uh, and, and then the, the one thing that, that Paul mentioned that, that people probably don't realize is how good of a defender he is, his instincts. And his nose for the basketball, he was able to interrupt a lot of UNI's action there in the first half, uh, like you mentioned, with the four steals. And then also an excellent rebounder, Valparaiso's top rebounder. He knows where that ball is going off the rim. And uh, I thought he was terrific in that first half. He scored 17 points and helped Valpo uh, jump out to a to a six-point lead there. So, yeah, there are... Let me, let me make a... Yeah, go ahead. Harry, let me make a point here that, that really stood out to me about last night. Because I think that, that the sophomore battle was fantastic. But I talked to Matt Lodick after the game, and, and, you know, it was a tough loss for Valpo in that they were up 11 on the road against teams getting votes, and then it just fell apart there. And it fell apart because A.J. Green took over, but he had some teammates that were putting in some work last night too. And, and when I talked to Lodick, he said that it was a different feel than it was a couple years ago when Valpo came to their first game at UNI and, you know, first game since moving into the Valley, and a lot of said they felt a bit helpless. So I looked back at the box score two years ago and when, when Pickford and Fife were freshmen, and if you, if you guys remember, that was the game that I think Fife got put into the starting lineup. Uh, for, Is that the uh, night he got 19 there. or whatever? For Bennett Cook? No, he was, he was unstoppable in that game. And I looked, I looked back at the box score in Valpo in that game, Malik McMillan started and played nine minutes. He's the only guy from two years ago that Valpo had that played last night and that, that, that played in that game two years ago. Meanwhile, Pickford, Fife, and Isaiah Brown all started two years ago and they all played more than 30 minutes last night. As much as we can talk about Freeman Liberty and Green, the amount of talent in experienced talent around AJ Green also allows him to to kind of be the player that he is. And when we talk about at large team, you look at teams in the NCAA tournament, mid major teams that have made runs before, they're experienced teams. These guys have played basketball together at Northern Iowa for three years, right? Day in and day out. They know every inch of the court and what their play what their teammates are going to do. And on Valpo's side, they're young, right? They 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 had an exodus of players last year, and and so I think that right now it's no question that Northern Iowa is the gold standard for what the kind of program the teams want to be. And it didn't surprise me that the game went the way it did last night. You've got that experience factor, man to man. Those two guys were outstanding last night, but Northern Iowa's got the more experience going forward. 
28 points for Freeman Liberty and I guess 29 for AJ. It was it had to be an explosive, exciting night as the game played out. Nick, uh, you were mentioning, well, maybe just another night in the Valley. And yet, here's this great team down by 11 early, six at the half, and AJ was just uh, off the charts in the second half. Yeah, AJ actually in the first half, he had, he picked up a second foul. So he, he spent a lot of the first half on the bench. He only played 13 minutes in the first half. He had seven points, and they all came within one spurt kind of early early in the game. So he was really quiet probably for the, the last uh, 10 minutes going into halftime. And then you, you start the second half, very first possession, he goes off the dribble, gets to the free throw line, makes two, comes down, gets a steal on the other end, finds Trey Burhout for a three. Next possession, Isaiah Brown gets a steal. Green does one of those step backs, long two. Uh, next possession, Green, uh, step back three. Next possession, Green, sidestep three. So he has 10 points, and then he, he comes through. Uh, Fife tried to find him. He lost the ball, and uh, he, he jumps up and then throws it back to, to Trey Burhau. So so that's a basket there. So he he had 10 points and then assisted on five more as uh, you and I scored the first 17 points of the second half. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, they go from being down six to, to up 11, and, and they're on their way. And then, uh, you know, Valpo, credit to them, they, they got back into the game, and they got it within one twice there down the stretch, and each time, uh, the first time Green hit a long step back two, and then the second time uh, he got to the free throw line, so he was able to answer those those runs Valpo put back at him. But he just kind of had this look in his eye that that uh, he wasn't going to let this team lose, and and he's going to do everything possible to make sure they're going to come out on top. And and really that that first five minutes of the second half was just incredible basketball out of AJ Green. That's as as good as I've seen him play for a stretch. Uh, you know, he opened up the game against Missouri State kind of in similar fashion where. He was just making everything, taking control off the dribble. Uh, his shot was on target. But, uh, you know, it, it was really an incredible effort with, with you and I's backs to the wall there at halftime uh, to, to come out and, and find a way to take over that game. And then, Paul, you, uh, and, I had, you, you and I had a 15-2 to two run early in the game. And would you believe me when I told you that a 15-2 to two run was the third biggest run of the game? <laughs> what a game. What a game! Valpo had a twenty to four run, and you and I had a twenty three to one run. What a what a crazy game! Well, and, and that's kind of my point. You know, I, when I set this up ahead of time, as you mentioned, Paul, I thought this kind of thing might take place. These two elite players, and and people don't know that Valpo's really good. I mean, you, the the Crusaders are only nine and nine, but they've played a really tough schedule. They've lost to some very good teams close, and they've beaten some good teams. They're kind of a little under the radar, I think, right now. Paul, would you agree? Yeah, I would, and I think part of that is because they just don't have that defining victory yet. Javon Freeman Liberty missed the shot at the end of regulation against Cincinnati that could have uh, could have won the game. That would have been a great victory for them. And then they played Arkansas. Arkansas is one of the top SEC teams out there, probably maybe the the third or fourth best team in the SEC. And, and Valpo was up eight with like six minutes left, and. They just have not been able to close those games out yet. I think that's a product of what I was talking about a little bit earlier. When you put all of that experience around a star, you've got a chance to, to go ahead and do some things. But they're young. They, they are young. You've got a sophomore point guard. You've got a sophomore um, you know, in, in Javon Freeman Liberty. You've got like, some other guys that are just kind of finding their way. And I'll tell you, last night for Valpo, Ben Cricky, a freshman, was excellent as one of the better games that he's had. 
yet Donovan Clay, who's been consistently one of Valpo's best players this year, and, and especially in the Valley, he was lost because, you know, they're freshmen. Some nights they're going to be great, some nights they're not. And, you know, the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. Clearly, we're seeing these sophomores have a special run right now. Well, and it's so exciting, I think, to Nick, to see Northern, uh, as Paul mentioned earlier, they, they're getting votes in the national poll. They're way up there in the mid-major, you know, top 25 that College Insider does. Uh, they're going to be a team, uh, you know, knock on wood, no injuries and those kind of things. They're going to be a team that's going to get a chance to really play in March. Yeah, you, you, you kind of wondered how this was going to play out uh, this season. They had a favorable non-conference schedule, a lot of home games. Uh, and then, uh, you know, where they really made their mark was on that trip uh, out west. They, they beat uh, Colorado, who was ranked at the time, in a true road game, followed that up with a, a big win over Grand Canyon, and then uh, concluded a, a non-conference play with a, a win over uh, Marshall, where they kind of outscored them. And, uh, so, so they were riding high in the conference play, and then all of a sudden, boom, they give up 56 points in the second half and lose at Illinois State. And so they fall from, you know, the 20s to the 60s in the net ranking. But uh, since that Illinois State game, you and I have now won its last four, and they've climbed up into the 30s in the net ranking. Uh, and it really sets up uh, to, to be a good showdown this weekend uh, at Bradley with two of the best teams in the, the Missouri Valley Conference going head-to-head. And uh, you and I is going to have to win some tough games on the road to still get into the NCAA tournament. It's not like a, a Big Ten team where you can lose by, you know, get blown out at Nebraska one week and then have a home game against a, a Maryland or a Michigan State the next week and, and start to turn heads again. If, if you lose a game in the Missouri Valley, you're going to have to string together three, four, five, you know, six wins uh, to, to get back into the, the conversation here. But I think this UNI team has, has demonstrated incredible consistency like Paul mentioned, you have veteran players that are delivering. Uh, Spencer Haldeman coming back from injury. He made two big threes at the end of the first half of last night's game that I thought put them within striking distance because they were down double digits before he knocked down those two threes. And then uh, Isaiah Brown, uh, he's become a, an excellent two-way player. Uh, not only was he guarding uh, Javon Freeman-Liberty as a primary defender, but uh, in the second half, they actually moved Isaiah to the point guard position. He was playing point and uh, basically what he's saying is, hey, the other team's best defender is going to be guarding AJ, so I, I should have a matchup that I like here at the point. And he's putting a lot of time there, and he was doing some things off the dribble. He uh, found Trey Burhau for a three, and he drove drove and took it by himself uh, towards the end of that game to, to help seal that victory. So they have a lot of guys that are really producing at a high level. Uh, it's the second year of this offense they're running. Uh, Seth Tuttle, the, the former All-American, came back from Europe and was working with Eric Crawford, another UN, former UNI grade on more of a European style offense where they, they incorporate the, uh, the center and the high post and, and uh, run a lot of action there so, and shoot a lot of three pointers. But, uh, you know, I, I think really that this UNI team is, is clicking and it's the offense that's doing it. And that hasn't been, you know, the, the story with Ben Jacobson coach teams in the past, uh, you know, he's always been kind of the, the low possessions per game. We're going to play really good pack line defense and, and this year, their offensive efficiency now is, I, I looked at Ken Palm after last night's game, and they rank 19th in offensive efficiency. And that's uh, something I don't think you can, could say about too many other uh, Northern Iowa teams. Probably going back to Seth Huddle's team was the only other team that was really this efficient offensively. Uh, tell us a little bit about Javon Freeman-Liberty as a person. What kind of guy is he? Oh, I lo- Javon's a fun kid. He's very, uh, he's very quiet. 
but there's underneath this layer of, of just kind of maybe a guard he has up a little bit. There is a very fun personality and, and I'll be, I'll be the first person to tell you that I haven't quite cracked it yet, but I see, <laughs> I see parts of it, right? Like I think as a reporter, and this is something I think that, that fans, you know, you will, will probably, you understand, but, um, these guys have, you know, been playing basketball their entire lives, right? And then they show up in college, and maybe it's a little bit different from AJ, for AJ Green because AJ is from the area and knows everybody around. But you know, Javon shows up at Valpo, and, and here's a couple of reporters who are sticking microphones in his face, and he doesn't know who we who we are, and we don't know who he is, and so it takes a little bit of time to kind of gain that trust a little bit, but. I, I have seen more this year. Javon kind of uh, kind of let his guard down a bit with us, and uh, it, it's fun to watch because you can see that that there's just a, a fun, really nice kid there. I'll say the one unique thing that I give Javon grief about is uh, so I follow him on Twitter as you know as as we do, and Javon does a lot of these. Uh, he retweets a lot of things that like retweet this and you'll have good luck for the next seven years. Or <laughs> if you don't, if you don't retweet this, you'll, it'll be like the picture of someone who just got like a paper cut and, and it'll be like, if you don't retweet this, you'll have bad luck. And so I'll be scrolling through my Twitter feed and, I, and I'll see these like horrific like images or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, there's, there's Vano again. His nickname is Vano. And, uh, and I said to him one day, I said, hey, man, wh- why do you keep retweeting that stuff? And then I stopped and I said, wait, you've had a lot of good luck in your life. So I guess maybe <laughs> I need to start re- retweeting these things and, and make sure that, uh, that that maybe I could get some of Javon's good luck. Well, and, and then, Nick, tell us a little bit, uh, as Paul mentioned, you know, uh, AJ's been around the program forever. Uh, tell us a little bit about him as a person. Yeah, well, well first of all, I, I hope uh, Paul's uh, retweeting all those uh, Javon otherwise he's gonna have a lot of bad luck out there I that <laughs> look I'm, I'm, a, I'm a green bay packer fan i need all the good luck in the world i can ask for right now uh, yeah well, aj uh, the first thing that comes to mind w- with his, his personality is he's, he's just uh, driven he's the ultimate competitor and he's going to do anything it takes to help uh, a team become successful uh, one of the, the things that really stuck out to me was uh, I, I covered him and he he, he, he uh, he's had the unfortunate uh, you know deal where where he grew up in Cedar Falls. So I've covered him since high school. He's been stuck uh, stuck talking to me after games you know, in sophomore year in high school when he was uh, uh, you know a star player for for Cedar Falls High. Uh, there's an overtime game where he scored 31 points and beat Jordan Bohannon, who now is at the University of Iowa. He beat his uh, Linmar team on a, a last-second shot to get Cedar Falls to the state tournament. And uh, one game I remember was his uh, senior year. Uh, they had a, a showcase event in Cedar Falls uh, um, in memory of a, a former coach, uh, Jerry Spikus, who was killed in a car accident. And they brought in these teams from out of state. And one of the teams that played there was uh, De La Salle out of uh, the Minneapolis area. And uh, that De La Salle team had Jamison Battles at George Washington, Tyrell Terry's at Stanford, and Gabe Kalcher's at Minnesota. And they absolutely took it to Cedar Falls. They, they won that game by about 35 points. So after that game, I'm writing up the story. Uh, there's no one else in the gym. And then all of a sudden, AJ pops out. His fam- family, grandparents, everyone had already left. And he's just by himself. And he's just, I look up and he's just doing this intense routine where he's, 
you know, hitting three-pointer after three-pointer, drives it, takes a couple dunks to blow off steam, goes at it. It's probably about 25, 30 minutes that he just spent uh, putting up shots, and it was intense and most driven thing I've ever seen out of a high school kid. And, and you, you just saw something special in him there. Uh, you just saw that he's going to put in the work to, to find success. And then the other thing is he's kind of the ultimate team player. I remember there was a game last year at Illinois State where uh, senior Miles Winstein went down with a season-ending ACL injury. Uh, you and I lost that game. Uh, Green had like a half quarter that, that missed uh, that, that would have wanted and kind of rimmed out. And so I'm talking to AJ after that game, and I, I probably asked some stupid question about the game. And, and he was in tears because all he wanted to do was talk about Miles and how much he meant to that program and, and how much it hurt to see a guy that had bounced around to a couple schools uh, no longer be able to play for that team. And he understood how hard he worked. And, you know, he, he just kind of, kind of gives off that vibe that he's going to do anything for, for his teammates to, to be successful. Uh, he, there's been games where he hasn't had to take over. He'll defer. And, and even in last night's game, he is incredibly efficient. He wasn't taking a ton of shots to, to reach 29 points. And so I think the, the thing that's really special about him is he kind of can see the big picture and, uh, you know, kind of a soft-spoken guy, a little bit like uh, Paul mentioned with Javon, but also really insightful. After every you and I lost, I've talked to him, and he's the, he's the first person to hold himself accountable, say, these are things I could have done better. So, uh, you know, really just kind of a, a driven player and, and the ultimate teammate. You guys are both the greatest. Before I let you go, uh, the rematch on February 5th at the Arc. Paul, do you think the Valpo fans will be like, man, we saw that game, we heard about that game, we're going to pack this place? You'd like to hope so. I mean, I, I think anytime you see potential NBA players going in the gym at this level, and I think A.J. Green is going to have a, a great career, um, you know, I I think with both of these guys, I, I think it's how much more muscle can they put on their bodies. But these guys are both pros, right? We're, I, I tweeted last night, we are all witnesses. We're watching some special things right now. And to be able to see that in person. And look, I'll say this. Valpo's been in the Valley for three years. I've been paying attention to the Valley for three years. And in those three years, everyone's told me about how Missouri State's going to win the league. You know, they're going to do this, or Loyola's going to do that. Look, Loyola did go to the Final Four, so I guess they held up their end of the bargain. (laughs) But Northern Iowa is the class of the league, without question, right? The way that their fans are, their program, their coach, all of that. So I know that Valpo is kind of wondering who the rival is right now. Is it Loyola? Is it Indiana State? Is it Evansville? Kind of teams that are close. I'd point to Northern Iowa. Let's let's that's the team that Valpo should want to be like because that's a, a hell of a team and uh, a great community and and really just you know I think it's going to be an excellent game. A lot of ball games to go for both teams before that one, but I do think it'll be a fun night at the Arc. Nick, tell people where they can uh, find your stories. I read your story this morning about the game last night. Tell people where they can find your work. Oh, yeah, it's at www.wcfcourier.com, and then I'm also uh, on, on Twitter at Nick at Courier, and I post uh, story links on there as well. Uh, we usually have uh, updates right after the game, and then I, I update it again after I get quotes from uh, Coach Jacobson and the players. So uh, looking forward to, to covering this team on, on the road as well uh, this weekend against Bradley. I think that's going to be a, an excellent game uh, with, with two of the top teams in the Missouri Valley Conference there. Uh, and then, Paul, tell people where they can find your great work and your podcast. 
NWI.com is stands for NorthwestIndiana.com, but NWI.com or NWITimes.com, either one will get you there. And uh, and then, as I said again, the podcast Union Street Hoops got another episode coming out here and uh, later on today where I talk to Mark Adams about scheduling. I give kudos to Northern Iowa for getting that ten point win last night because there's a huge difference between a nine point win and a ten point win when it comes <laughs> to the net, and so that was good. Uh, Vegas always knows, though, they had the line at 10.5 last night, Northern Iowa by 10, so uh, Vegas always knows. But yes, you can you can find my stories at nwi.com, and the podcast Union Street Hoops is all over the internet, wherever your friendly podcasts are hosted. And make sure we know when that story goes up with Mark Adams, he's the greatest. Men, we appreciate it. Nick uh, Pateras and Paul Oren, thanks for your time on our very first ever Beat Writers edition of the Valley Hoops Insider podcast. Thank you, gentlemen.